Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to us by you. Thank you, viewers of the show. Um, if we get enough people subscribing or following or donating the show, we get to occasionally unlock bonus episodes of the R&R Show. And this is one of them, and I am very excited about it, because our topic today is our top 10 games that are hidden gems of 2022. The games that slip between the cracks. And I can't promise... But I'm going to anyway. I promise, folks, we're going to have a few games talking about today that you have never heard of. And if we do our jobs right, you might want to seek them out afterwards. I've got my five. Ruel over there has got his five. And are you ready to go, Ruel? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here, and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what you have on your list. We talked a little bit before we went live here uh, about how there may be some crossover, but in our top five, each of our top fives, there was no crossover. Yes, we were both surprised by that. So that means you're really going to surprise me. And the way we did this, by the way, folks, um, is we went on BoardGameGeek, We did an advanced search for all games that came out in the year 2022, putting aside expansions, and then we sorted them by number of voters. And we basically only looked at games that haven't really been looked at by more than, say, 100 or so people on board GameGeek. And, um... But also... Older games. I mean, obviously, there's some games... A game just came out yesterday and hasn't been looked at by anybody. So we were trying to um, adjust for that. And I've got five that I'm absolutely in love with and I think are being criminally overlooked by the board game um, Vox Populi. And I assume you do as well, right? Yep, that's right. And that's uh, that's basically what I'm, I went for as well. Those those games that have been overlooked for one reason or another. Again, there are so many games that come out every year, but you know these are the ones that I'm excited the most that I think more people should uh, know about. Cool. One last question for you, because we have not uh, coordinated at all. Your five, which are going to be these number um, 10, 8, 6, and 2, are you sorted by your favorites, or are they sorted by um, least well-known? Oh, uh, I did my favorites. I okay, my personal I went the other movie. way. Uh, numbers oh. nine, seven, five, or, or nine, seven, five, three, and one. Uh, they get progressively more obscure as we go. Ooh, yep. Interesting. I like that. Okay, but I, I, I'm going to stand by all ten of these, whatever this man has yeah. come up with, because he has not let me down so far. So let's get going, Ruel. What is number ten okay. on our list of hidden gems for 2022? Number ten. So this is a game you and I actually have played together. Okay. Uh, right here on the show, and I don't think it's getting enough love. It's wonderful. It is City Trip Brews. Okay. Uh, yeah, I yep, think yep, yep. this game is outstanding. It's a roll and write game, a flip and fill game, actually. And if you uh, know, if you if you played on tour, if you played Welcome Two, I feel like this is a really nice uh, mix of those two games on tour, where you you know building routes and stuff, and then Welcome Two, where you're trying to do a little bit of like set collection. But it's got this really neat thing where. Thematically, I mean, this is put together to highlight all the cool things that are in this city, right? I mean, they're not exact locations or anything, but you have, you know, restaurants, museums. Uh, you're going to be taking photos of all these things. You're going to go to, you know, I always, anything, any game that has restaurants in it, I'm all about because, you know, I love to eat. Um, but it's a really wonderful system where you flip over the cards and then the two cards, you put them together and that's what you're going to be marking on the, uh, the your sheet here. Right. And, you know, like any good uh, roll and write, you can play, you know, we played over the internet. That's another way uh, yes. that, you know, uh, that, you know, you want to play, you can do that or you play live, of course. But for whatever reason, 
this hasn't taken off as I, as much as I thought it would. I thought this was going to be like the big rage, you know, when it came out, but it hasn't for whatever reason. But I think it's a wonderful rolling right, you know, flipping right. I had a great time with you, uh, Richard, as we played it, and I, I can't wait to get my own copy because I want to play yeah. it more. And if I recall correctly, folks, if you're at all interested, you can go check out the run-through, and if you get a copy yourself, yep. you can play with this as well because it's a bingo-style game. Yep. yep. So find out if you can beat our scores, folks, and that's our number 10 CD tip, City Trip bruise all righty yes uh i agree it's a fantastic game i hope it catches on because i know the developers have plans to do other cities as well by you know taking the real layouts of the cities and turning them into a fun and interesting roll and write game but you're right it just um yeah uh i don't know maybe there's some fatigue for roll and writes now that might be a problem that it suffers against but it's too bad it's great that could be part of it yep 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 yep. okay all right well Let's, Let's on. go on to number nine on the list, and that is Paperback Adventures. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Which, I'll be honest, I almost think I would take this game now over the original paperback. And the original paperback is phenomenal and absolutely yeah. amazing game. But this takes the core idea of paperback from a uh, designer, Tim Fowers was a, uh, a deck builder, you know, crossing dominion with Scrabble. And that was a brilliant mm-hmm. thing. We've seen uh, lots of games do that uh, along the way, but now Tim and co-designer Sky Larson have uh, gone back to the idea and turned, um, you know, Scrabble into a solo or cooperative action adventure fantasy game where you're trying to build words to um, either build up a big attack or um, a lot of mana for casting spells or whatever, or defense to protect yourself as you fight your way through a bunch of very, very cool creatures that are, are just all kinds of cool. I mean, the the fun in-jokes in this game are absolutely awesome. You know, I love that writer's block can be something that they gets yes. thrown at you and stuff like that. The, um, now, I covered this on my channel, and I believe you covered it on your channel, too, when it I was did, originally yes. uh, crowdfunding. And um, so if you go back and watch our video, of it, it's a very rough and ready looking prototype, not very pretty. The final version looks really cool with a really neat player mat and all of that. And I so want to give this game a go because uh, when I played it, it was really a solo game and they just started working on some co op rules. I definitely want to try it more co op because Jen and I were really impressed. There's so many cool ideas in there. Like when you build the perfect words, you can splay your cards to the left or the right. And um, when the monsters attack you, they end up throwing up junk cards in your deck that you have to use. Like, oh crap, I have to use a Z in my de- next word now. Otherwise, it stays in there and it hurts me as, it, as we go. I mean, really, just full of brilliant, fun, cool ideas. And um, the thing is, this is put out by Tim Fowers and he's a little small independent developer. His games don't show up in retail shops around the world. He is, you know, the little guy um, trying to get by, you know, doing everything himself. A one-stop shop for production and development and all of that. And it's it's absolutely brilliant. Now, I I uh, put this at the top of my list because I think this one has gotten a little bit more attention than the other ones. But even still, if we go to the stats on Board Game Geek, at this point, if I can click the stats, at this point, only 728 people have registered. They uh, own this game. And that's small. I mean, you expect to see thousands and thousands of people. So I know this game could get a lot more love out there um, for solo gamers and two-player gamers who love... I mean, you know, only 115 people have ever even bothered to rank the thing. So it could get a lot more love. It should get a lot more love. Um, And it seems to be a wonderful hidden gem for the year paperback adventures 
I agree a hundred percent. Absolutely love this game. Um, it could it almost made my list as well. I, uh, this I, is the one I thought would have made your list. Yeah, I thought it had a very are, high propensity are, to make your list. You are you are correct. Yeah, it's a wonderful design, and you know anyone that's played uh, um, Slay the Spire, um, this mm. is sort of like the yeah. the word version of this, right? It's, uh, we we jokingly called it Spell the Spire because it's a spelling game, but um, wonderful, wonderful implementation. I. I love paperback. I, I'm right there with you. Do I want it? I'd probably... Oh, man. Anyways, either paperback or paperback adventures. Wonderful games. You can't go wrong with either of them. Great choice for number nine. Um, let's move on to our number eight. What do we got? Which started to get some buzz. Folks, I was out at um, PAX Unplugged this last week, and this game started getting some buzz. It's called Boop. And I oh, got to say it like that. Boop. Yeah. Okay. Super cute game, but... Oh, for an abstract game, it is awesome. I got a, a real a sneak peek at this at Gen Con, and I, I was like, okay, this looks cool. But actually seeing it at PAX Unplugged and people starting to starting to get into it, folks, this is an abstract game in its heart. But you're basically placing cats on a bed, right? And what's really awesome about this, the bed, I got to, I have a copy of this now. It's actually a little quilt that they made, so it's a soft quilt that you place your pieces on. You oh, I see. Okay, wow. Yeah. And then you boop them. They they fly off. They move a, a space away from where the cat you're placing. Some of them will fall off the bed, of course, but you're trying to get them in a row. Uh, you start with kittens. You get three kittens in a row. You're going to upgrade those to cats, and you're either going to try to get your cats in a row or you're going to try to get all your cats on the bed. Oh, my gosh. It is so cute. And it's from Smirk and Dagger or Smirk and Laughter. Yes. They did another wonderful abstract game a couple of years ago called Shobu. I think if you like Shobu, you're going to like this one even more because it's got this really super cute theme. Uh, I talked to, I know the designer, Scott Brady, and his wife, Nicole, wonderful people. And I think this one's started, just starting to take off. It really took off at Pax Unplugged. Folks, you know, I picked this one and then I realized, oh, at Pax Unplugged, they sold out of these things. Oh, maybe not so, so hidden after all. Not so hidden after all, but it was hidden when I, you know, when we, we started talking about this. And I think it's a winner. Uh, it's a wonderful abstract game, but it's got that cute little theme that's going to really attract uh, new gamers to the hobby, which is always a thing I appreciate. And that's why it's a number eight. Hidden gem for now, but uh, on the rise. <laughs> yeah, get in ahead of the crowd, folks, for Boop. Yes. It's interesting, yeah. um, Grant Line, who does a monthly uh, show on the channel, Grant's Greatest Games, he put it in his top five games for November as well. Uh, if you want uh -huh. to check that out, folks, go to grant.rado.com and watch his most latest episode. There's a little bit of video of how it works. And yeah, this lo does look adorable, I, I, I will not deny. Uh, yes. So that is a pretty cool one. All right. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Alrighty, All right. so let's move on to the next one, which you think I would have been ready to do, except I was so entranced by Boop. I didn't realize it came with that cool little mat. Is, is it literally material? Is it cloth? It, it, it is. They make it's a bedspread. If it was like, if it was any bigger, you could really use it as a blanket or a bedspread. Yeah, it's it's okay. a nice little quality quilt. It's adorable. Well, okay, number seven on the list, which is Old London Bridge, doesn't have anything quite as cool as all that, but I do want to give a shout-out to this one. This is a game um, from publisher Queen Games, and I can totally understand why it slipped between the cracks this year, because for this year, Queen Games is all about those Steffenfeld City game collections, right? Um, and, you know, big box reprints. So, you know, occasionally they do Kickstarter campaigns for a small little game, and they just tend to come and go. And I've covered several of them, and, you know, they're always nice. You know, they're 
enjoyable. I mean, they have an audience, but this game, all about developing uh, London Bridge, goes so far above and beyond. Jen and I were really blown away by this. You can watch my run-through, because I did cover it when it was on Kickstarter, and it seems like it's another one that's in danger of being forgotten. But I really love this game, because it is all about... It's got this very, very cool... Oh, it's kind of hard to describe. Worker placement slash rondelle thing that lets you grab different things. Because you, did you know, well, that London Bridge used to have buildings and homes and apartment blocks and, you know, uh, businesses and whatnot. I mean, it was like a little mini city within the city of London. And that's what we're developing. And we are trying to smartly grab the right cards, or I'm sorry, the right tiles to be able to expand our section of uh, the, uh, the old London Bridge. But the thing is, all of these tiles have numbers on them. And uh, you have to put the numbers in ascending order. You know, kind of like, uh, oh, what do you call it? Welcome to. You know, that whole notion of, oh, yeah, you know, the, the street numbers, they have to go up. And so, like, oh, I, I want to take this one, but I can't place it. Uh, unless I spend an entire turn resetting the count so I can place things. And the game is all about smartly putting the right buildings on London Bridge next to each other while adhering to that rule that the numbers always have to climb sequentially. And it sounds really simple, but it is deceptively deep and really crunchy. And Jen and I were blown away by this one. This went way above and beyond, um, you know, the uh, 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 the well, pretty much anything else. Uh, I mean, you know, except, except of course for the the, uh, the Steffenfeld games uh, that Queen put out this year. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it approaches those, but we were really impressed. And it would be a real shame uh, because people think, oh, that's just another little one of those Queen games that they do in between their big Steffenfeld things. We're like, no, this one stands on its own. It's fun. It's crunchy. It's got a really nice gimmick too because you actually build the 3D bridge. You actually take these tiles and you stand them up. So it has a nice look to it as well. Jen and I were very, very impressed. And I don't think it's really gotten much attention so far, even though it is available now. Number seven on the list, Old London Bridge. Oh, I love that you're actually building the bridge. That's yeah. so neat. Um, I, yeah, I need to check this one out. That looks fun. Okay, uh, let's move on to our number six, That's which um, was over. I, I feel it's been overlooked because this uh, designer produces so many games every year. He's produced over, I think, 700 in his career. Reiner Knizia. Okay. This is. Oh wait, 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 wait. I, I have no idea, but I'm going to assume is it oh. is it is does it start with an L? It does. It's Longboard. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one from 25th Century Games. You know, folks, you all know I'm a big Kinesia fan. And anytime I hear about any of his games that come out, I get excited. But this one I actually got an advanced copy of. And I uh, did a uh, thing on my channel um, where I looked at the gave an overview of the game and talked about the different things I liked about it. There was a lot to like. Basically, at its heart, this is the next iteration of Lost Cities. Yes. Lost Cities, one of my all-time favorite games. That's a two-player game. Now, Longboard takes the same thing as far as you're trying to uh, a group ascending uh, uh, groups of cards. But in this case, they're longboards or surfboards. You're owner of a surf shop. It's got a cool little theme. But what this is, you can play it up to four players. And now this isn't going to be for everything, everyone, but I like this. It's got a little bit of take that. Mm -hmm. So cards in front of you in your surf shop, those those are the ones that the boards that you're starting to build, That's those cannot be touched. But you're going to have a supply. Other players can go to your supply and take them. Now, they don't just take oh. them. They're going to have to give up something as well. So they're going to have to give you cards that total that number. So okay. you're going to start at like uh, one, two, three, all the way up to I think it's eight. But you can skip numbers as well. Uh, you have a personal object. You have objectives for the group, so they're going to be, th uh, I think, three or four different scoring objectives, and then you have some uh, like um, global objectives as well. So there's a little bit more scoring in this than uh, Lost City. So it's a bit more robust, which I really hmm. liked, and 
I just, I love Kinesi's game. It's one of those, another one of his games, very low rules overhead. But once you start playing, it's like, oh, there's a lot more strategic depth than I expected here. And it's a wonderful game. I like it at two because it reminds me of Lost Cities, but I, have, I haven't played it at three and four yet. But I love that it has that option. And that's why it's our number six overlooked game, folks, Longboard. Uh, it does seem like hidden gems. And you said you love, I know you love Kinesia. I, I love him too. Yeah. But even more, yeah. I love 25th century games. Yes, and the production value, like their other ones, vibrant art, very clean design, and uh, this is uh, another hit for 25th century. They're they're just they're rocking it, and they actually they put out the new edition of Raw that that'll be out next yeah. year. Uh, that some consider Kinesia's best game of all time. So uh, they 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 do some good stuff there, and yeah. Longboard is a hidden gem. In yeah, folks, Kinesia is still knocking them out. The man still has it, and there's another hidden gem, and and that's really interesting. I mean, you know, uh, Lost Cities is widely regarded as one of his greats, one of the great all-time two-player games. So if you want a deeper Lost Cities with a little bit of and could go up to four, sounds interesting. Okay, well, let's move on to number five. And this is one I have talked about on the channel before, and I will continue to sing the praises of Pocket Master Builder, which is such an incredibly sharp game. This game is basically a deck of cards and some cubes. Um, But with just a a few little um, pieces, what's the designer's name? I believe, oh, I should have looked it up ahead of time. Is it Wei Min Ling? I believe, uh, uh, Wei Min, I I think I've got your name right. If not, I apologize. But this guy is a designer that I'm really falling in love with. I loved his walking in Burano, and then I really loved his walking in Provence. Um, And now I've fallen hard in love with this one too. He does so much with simple little uh, things. This is a game where players are working to contribute to the development of of a medieval town. And the interesting thing is whenever you place a card in to the grid and expand, you're not building a building. You are creating worker placement spots in the building that um, can be used by players to gather the resources. And then those uh, cards can be converted later on into the actual buildings. It's got a really interesting, weird vibe that's quite unlike anything else I've ever played. And it is incredibly crunchy. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, it's rare that I find a game that really features a lot of, oh, look, we have a communal building area. A lot of times, communal building area games can be really cutthroat. Oh, well, yeah, I'm just going to cut you off so you can't do what you're going to do, or I'm going to destroy that thing you did. But this game, um, it's all about, oh, every time you do something, you're creating an opportunity for me. And if you did that, I'm creating an opportunity for you and all of that as we are trying to build up following a lot of different goals. Are we trying to fulfill columns so that we can fight off invaders? Are we trying to complete the different objectives? the different rows and columns. Are we... I mean, there's so much going on. It's got a very smart goods uh, management system as well. And uh, yeah, it's it's hard to describe. But if you're like me and Jen, if you love a crunchy, crunchy Euro, and if you appreciate heavy lifting, a big, big game in a tiny, tiny package, then you might want to seek out Pocket Master Builder. I'm just blown away by it. Nice. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but I know I loved uh, Walking in Murano and uh, just, you know, that pedigree right there has yeah. got me interested in it. And just the way you described it, it sounds so cool. I cannot wait to try it. And yeah, we need to, you know, these are the games that folks aren't, um, there's not as much hype as other games. So be sure to check these out. Let's move on to our number okay. four. It is a game that I covered here for the channel. And for whatever reason, I, it might be the theme that people aren't mm. digging, but it's an awesome game. It's Skate Summer. Uh, oh. This game, yeah, it okay. is uh, at, at its heart. It's got two things that are really clever. Uh, it's got a pick up and deliver game, but it's also a push your luck game. 
And what you're doing is, um, if you've played the old Tony Hawk uh, uh, video game, uh, this is Tony Hawk uh, video game in board game for uh, cardboard form. Folks. Right. Uh, you see there on the on the screen there is I, I did the run through. I did a two player game. One player, uh, each player has our skateboard, and what you're doing is you're drawing cards and you're trying to see how far you can push your luck as far as you know staying balanced on your board, either left or right. You're going to move left and right. If you go too far right or too far left, you're going to have to bail. Basically, you fail. But you bail, you will get some compensation. But as you collect these, you're doing these tricks. You're going to do ollies. You're going to do 720 errors, all that cool stuff. You're going to build up you know, your resources, which you're going to then use them to collect all these cool little uh, items that you're going to deliver to different parts in the skate mm. park. And, oh, it's so clever. And, I, you know, I know, like, sports board games aren't always, like, the biggest hits. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, that might be part of it, but oh, folks, you if if the theme turns you off, I mean, give it a shot because I think it's so overlooked and definitely a hidden gem. And the design is clean, it's smart. Um, you can get a you know, it's really it, it reminds me of like that '90s video uh, video game style, right? Uh, it's very vibrant uh, art and just colorful. But boy, the the mech the mechanics in this game are sharp. They're yeah. clean. And very smart. I, I enjoyed it so much doing the run-through for this, and I think more people need to play Skate Summer. Yeah, I haven't played it, but I remember watching your video and being incredibly impressed by the thematic touch of, hey, when I play cards, I play them to the left or the right of my board to affect my balance, but also to play the card I want to play to do what I want to do. And I thought, wow, yeah. that's really sharp. Very, very yeah. clever. Yeah. Yeah, very cool game. So, yeah, check that out, one, folks. That's our number four, Skate Summer. Yeah. Um... Uh, good call, good call. Definitely, um, flying under the radar deserves a bit more love. As does number three on the list. Let's see if I've got it set up here. Yes, I do. Oniranots, I think. I have no idea how to pronounce this. I'm yeah, afraid. Um, it's one iron aughts. Uh, but I'm going to say uh, you know, on, on arts. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, apparently, uh, it's. Uh, oh, and Ironauts is something to do with dreaming. And in this game... Oh, let me put it on screen. Why don't I do that? Uh, this is basically... Uh, here's the elevator pitch. Cooperative Dixit. That's what this game is. Okay. Um, okay. Because every round, there is a card drawn randomly that has a word on it. Everybody picks from their hand a card that they think matches the spirit of that word. So it's kind of... Um, and then we draw one random card from the deck and throw that in as well. We shuffle them up, we reveal them, and then everybody's trying to guess which is the card that doesn't belong. Which is the one that was not chosen by a player, but chosen by random luck. And that may sound really simple. And some rounds it is. Sometimes drawing a card from the deck is like, well, okay, this clearly doesn't fit here. So, um, and the more people who can cor correctly guess, because we're working as a team, can correctly guess the one that was chosen randomly, the more points we get. We have to get 15 points before time runs out. The tricky thing is, sometimes you've got your cards in your hand and none of your cards work for the word either. And you're like, ah! And, um, and often, the card that is randomly chosen will be perfect! And so, eventually, you know, everybody picks one, they put them in, we throw them up, reveal, and then everybody has to simultaneously say, okay, I think that it's number... Clearly, the one that doesn't belong here is number two, or number one, or number three. And it's weird. I've played this game now several times with my wife. And first of all, cooperative dickwizit works with two? Yes, please. That's something I never thought I'd ever get to experience. But I can confirm, it is a fun little two-player game. But I've also played it at three, four, and five players. And it works wonderfully at every player count. Um, and, you know, because there's extra little things they do to uh, make it... Uh, you know, if, if there's fewer players, it's easier to spot the one. Um, 
Um, but it's but there's only two players, there's fewer points you can score, so it's harder, so you have to be on more often. And video, just now, Jen and I disagreed, even though it was very obvious which one of those things was gold. Or was it? It's hard to say. But um, the, the fun of it, just like Dixit is, hey, after we figure out, and we figure out, did we lose points? Did we gain points? What happened? People have to justify their choices. Why did... What is this? This has nothing to do with, with architecture or whatever it might be. Well, it actually has this... Oh my god, I didn't even see that! And that's the joy. That's the joy of... Dixit is a surprisingly complex game to play as a party game. It's got all these things trying to teach somebody, well, you want to have some people choose your thing, but not too many people. And then here's how the way scoring works. It, it can be kind of a slog. This I took to Thanksgiving and played with a few different groups of people. And uh, Jen's friend came over and we played a three-player game with her. And it's just so easy to teach. Everybody immediately gets it. It's full of wonderful, engaging, gorgeous, quasi-surreal, dreamlike art, just like Dixit. I mean, these cards could definitely live in Dixit, but playing cooperatively towards a common good in a game that is ten times easier to set up and play and just play again and again and again puts it high on my list. And I think people are ignoring it. I Maybe because they think, oh, I've already played Dixit. Why do I even care about this? This destroys Dixit for me. I would bring this out seven ways to Sunday over Dixit. Easier to teach. Everybody working towards the same goal and more laughs at the end of the day. And nice. works with two. Come on, board game industry. Why is everybody ignoring our number three on Ironauts? Maybe it's just yeah, the word because nobody knows how to say it. That's that's my thing. I think that's uh, <laughs> like I don't know how to pronounce it, but I, the game looks wonderful, and I would totally play that. I think I'd be a hit with me, uh, me and Michelle as well. Yeah. So awesome, awesome choice. Let's go on to our number two, and okay. I picked one that has exactly. I think I just checked it. Twenty-four ratings on BGG, Ooh, so okay, a couple of dozen people, and I am hyped about this. I just got my copy, and literally before uh, this morning when we we're recording the show, I just got it in. It's a game called Heading Forward. What? This is a solo heading forward, um, like moving forward, heading okay. forward. I have not um, even heard of this. Yeah, this is a game definitely floating under the radar. Produced by Hollenspiel. They are a very tiny company here in the U.S. that produces very unique games. And talk about unique, Rado. This one is a game about... It's a solo game. Wow. You Undergo rehabilitation a after yes, a traumatic, a traumatic brain, brain injury. injury. Wow. Yes. Okay. So Sorry, what you're doing, it's multi-use cards. It's a solo game. And you're trying to complete tasks uh, during re rehabilitation. So... The insurance company has only covered you for a certain amount of time. You could go easy, 15 rounds, medium, 12 rounds, or hard, 10 rounds. That's how much uh, time the insurance company, your insurance company, has uh, given you to get through these tasks. And what are you doing? You're playing cards. You're trying to uh, collect resources to play those cards to upgrade them. You're going to flip them mm. around, turn them 180 degrees. Friday style. So then they get upgraded. Yes. So you have four different um, uh, things that you have to rehab, four different traits. You're going to go through the deck, and as they uh, as you go through the deck, some of them will be upgraded. Unfortunately, there's going to be a trigger uh, every round, some a triggering event that reminds you of what happened in uh, the accident. So wow. the trigger could be a well, work accident. It triggers, so then you have to be able to work around that card. So every round, there's a trigger that... And, Richard, this is one of the most unique games I have ever seen. Uh, the theme and the mechanisms combine perfectly. I bought this. I was so excited to uh, buy this because not many people know about this game, and I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome experience. Um, I cannot wait to play it. I think it's a game. This company, Hollenspiel, does great stuff. Uh, Ambell and Mary Holland, they do games that are very unique and very different. And they the reason why people haven't heard about their company is because they admittedly 
publish games in the least efficient way oh, no. they admit it <laughs> they do they do print on demand oh my gosh is, wow yeah but it's a way that they can um lower their financial risk personally so you know you order the game they're gonna go print it uh personally for you oh, so wow. the games you know the, you can't get them on amazon you can't get them a local game you're going directly to them but all their games, whether they're solo or multiplayer, very unique themes and very unique mechanisms. And this is one of them that's been high on my list so ever since I heard about uh, John Dubois uh, created this. And this is a personal experience. He actually suffered a traumatic brain injury a couple of years ago and decided to use that as his basis for this game. And um, I've seen the playthrough that I think it was Edward of Heavy Cardboard. Uh, yes, he yes. raved about it. Mm -hmm. I read a review um, from uh, Space Biff, uh, Dan Thoreau. He raved about it. So, folks, some people who are really into games love this one. I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Heading forward from Hollenspiel, and I just got my copy, and I'm so excited to uh, wow. get it. Wow. I'm kind of embarrassed now. I feel like that should be number one. That sounds fantastic. Right? Jeepers oh, Creepers. Just, yeah. Amazing, wow. amazing stuff. Folks, go check yeah. it out. Please and I, I'm especially impressed too, because I've seen other games like this. Um, you know, we're kind of in the same milieu, but they tend to be silly. They tend yeah. to try to make yeah. it comedy or party-ish, whereas this seems like it takes it seriously. It's very serious. I, I, I mean, just think about the theme. I mean, it, you could have done, hey, we're just trying to get victory points to get through this yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, thing. No, your insurance company, whatever you can afford, is only giving you that amount of time to recover and to rehab. It's a it's a really interesting statement on the uh, healthcare here in the U.S. as wow. well. So, yeah, oh my gosh. awesome, awesome stuff, folks. Folks, I'm calling it Audible. That's our number one. But okay. um, since we, we we can't actually work out ahead of time, we're going to go with a, the prior number one on the list is uh, uh, this one is definitely not catching fire as much as it should. It's from a little uh, South American publisher known as Fractal Games, and it's called Simplicity. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And I don't know if you've played this one, Ruel, or if you've heard no, of it. I, I have not even heard of it. I'm, okay, let's, let's bring it. Right. Let's well, it's, um, it's it, it, you know, the, it, they're, they're, it's, it's Simple City. It's a simplicity. You get it? The, the, the joke is there. It's a very, very simple <laughs> nice. game. It's a SimCity-style game. Communally build a city, trying to control the best spots. Um, from David Brain, who is the co-designer of, um, oh, one of the key... Was it was he the co-designer of Key Flower? Or one of the other Keydom oh. games? Oh, Key Market, which is one of the greatest uh, Keydom games of all time, too. But this is him designing alone. And uh, I like SimCity. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, Euro-style mechanisms you can put it in. And this one, uh, it's truth in advertising. It's, in, it's a simplicity. It's a simple city we're building. Because when we set up, we create a randomly generated board. And off to the side are a bunch of tiles that represent residents and commercial and parks. You know, the kind of stuff we've expected, right? Different colors. And we are going to use a King Domino-style draft to grab these tiles, right? We have seen this before. Whatever is higher up on the list, if you grab that, um, it's going to make sure your first 
first next round or second for you know higher in player order, but you it's not as good. If you if you take stuff down at the bottom, you get um, a more powerful option, but you're going to come later in turn order. So it takes that King Domino idea and turns it into a SimCity style building game. And here's the thing that's really interesting about this game: if you play this at four and five, I think the highest player count it goes to, you get to play exactly five turns. In this entire game, you will place five tiles, and that's it. And wow. so, as you can imagine, every single tile you place is so incredibly important. Um, you know, it makes or breaks you. This is not a high-scoring game, and one mistake will destroy you. But it doesn't matter because you're only going to play. Everybody plays five turns. Um, and basically, the uh, SimCity nature of it is: we are trying to. You're trying to put. Um, th- this is not one of those complex ones where, like Suburbia, where every tile has a different special power and all of that. Nope, it's just colors. You want to get blues. You want to get your blue. If you take a blue tile, you want to put that next to as many blue tiles as you can because that blue tile that you place and you put your little cube on it will be worth as many points as the contiguous group of all of those. So, are you going to try to jump into something that other people are building that they're already doing well on? Or are you going to try to cut that off and stop that from spreading and build your own thing separately? Again, remembering... You're going to place five tiles over the course of the game, and yet you're still trying to make these kinds of decisions as the game goes on. Um, there's another way, because instead of scoring points for having big contiguous groups of the same color, if you have two um, of your buildings of any type that are next to each other, that will score you big points as well. So you could be going for, I'm just trying to get pairs of my own buildings, doesn't matter what type they are, and that means I am trying to cut off the growth of what other people are doing. But if I, hey, if I can do that and at the same time piggyback off what other people are doing, that's great. Um, or I'm just trying to get more uh, pairs around, and um, you get your five turns, and it's super sharp. Now, I have to admit, I would love to play this someday as a four or five player game because I I've never played a game where I mean I get to do SimCity tile lane with only five turns. But I have played it as a two, and as a two or three player game, what happens is you are going to take on the role of two teams. So I am the yellow and the red player, and so. Kinesia style, my worst play, my worst um, uh, team is going to be the one that scores me points. So if you're playing as a two or three player game, which is how I really recommend it, you get 10 turns. Five for team A, five for team B. And you can't just say, oh, let's just make sure team B does really well because then team A will sink you. And with 10 turns, this game, which takes like 15 minutes, Jen and I found, we played this a half a dozen times the first day because we were like, oh, let's play it again. Let's play it again. Um, We were really blown away by... This game is incredibly crunchy because I forgot to mention one other thing. When you are picking, remember, the higher up on the list, King Domino style that you take, the you get whatever tile you get, you put it wherever you're going to put. But there's a tile and there's a symbol, a circle, a triangle, a diamond, a plus, whatever. That tells you, I have to place this tile somewhere on the board on a circle or a plus or a square. So the ones at the top that will ensure your first next turn, which going first in this game is everything because it's so tight, so fast, and so restricted means, well, I have to put this on a circle. Whereas if I go down lower, it gives me multiple choices. I could put this one on a diamond or a square and I get twice the amount of options. If I take the very, very bottom space, I can put it anywhere I want on the board, but I'm guaranteed to be last, which means, well, this better be, if I'm going to do that, it better be a game-winning move for me right now because my next round will be miserable. And um, like I said, I'd love to play it a four or five player game. Um, you know, I think it'd be a little bit more chaotic with everybody only doing five turns and you're in, you're out, you got your five turns, do the best you can. But I can say as a two player game, it is 
really crunchy. There is so much to balance trying to make sure both of your teams do equally well. Paying and But the real trick is, uh, yo, whatever I take, what's more important, what did I leave there for you to take? If I leave that red residence, doesn't really matter because, oh, look, there um, it's it, it has to be placed with a square or a plus. There are no squares or pluses next to the existing red residence, so it's not going to do you any good. Oh, crap, you put it over there, and it, it, you know, it, uh, it, um, you know, it paired with your blue, and you got three points out of that. Why did I leave that for you? That could have won you the game. Three points could win or you lose you the game in this game. And so, every move, especially when you're playing two or three player, where, you know, each player gets to take two tiles, it's so laden with choice. It sounds so simple. Pick a tile. Oh, it's I should just obviously take this one. But if I take that one that's really obvious, I might leave something that's even better for you, and I can't afford to do that. Now, um, there's one problem I have with it. Whoever it takes last... Oh, by the way, whoever... It's so bad to go last um, that as a consolation prize, you get a victory point because um, you need oh, those oh, points. Okay. Um, yeah. But you also, when you're playing at the lower player count, you get the demolition, this little de TNT plunger. And at the beginning uh, of the next round, after the new tiles come out, you blow one of those tiles up. And the thing is, in a game where you're only going to take five terms per team, blowing a tile up that's perfect for somebody, that is devastating. Um, and that's another big part strike. So if you don't mind a little bit of take that, aha, I, boy, that was that park was going to be perfect for you. You were hoping for that park. You um, made sure you were first, and but I was last. I blew that up. You can't have it. So for people who want a little bit of interaction, it's got that too. But we hated that. And I'm on Board Game Geek right now. There's a thread on the Simplicity Forum where I'm talking with the developers, hey, how can we make this a bit more Care Bear friendly? And they've already given suggestions. We, Jen and I have okay. tried it, and this game is now 100% a keeper. They haven't finalized on what they want their Care Bear version to be, where, um, you know, the plunger kind of does like an automate, oh, well, it'll block this one, then this one, then this one, so you can plan for it, and you know what it's going to do. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm really blown away by it. Uh, like I said, it's from a very, very tiny publisher. Uh, it's uh, just a, a little box with some tiles, a nice little randomly generated board, and I love SimCity games, and I love the idea of a game where I'm only going to take five turns, and yet every turn means so much. I'm just blown away, and it's a shame more people have not checked out number one on the list, or actually, officially number two, because your number one was better, Simplicity. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to try this. You totally sold me. I had no idea this game existed, but this sounds like something I would love. You, you got me at the whole King Domino selection thing, yeah. and then also the Kinesia thing, where yeah. you know, you're trying to balance your scores, like I think of Ingenious, you know, yep. your lowest score is yep, your yep, score. Yep. So, oh, yeah. This yeah, what do you get when you cross Bruno Cathala and uh, Reiner Knizia and Will yeah. Wright? You get simplicity. There you, go. there you go. Love it, love it, love it. Great, great call. All right, All right. well, folks, um, was I wrong? Let me just know down in the comments. Surely at least one of those games you had not heard of, um, because these are very definition of hidden gems, and maybe some of them caught your eye. I am very, very keen on all the ones, and you really convinced me on some of those as well, Ruel. I mean, yeah. geez, uh, wow. Uh, but folks... We're just going to say now, thank you uh, very much for watching. Uh, there was no contest in this episode because this was a bonus episode unlocked by viewers like you, which means, folks, there is still time to enter to win the um, really cool deluxe game bag or LED-lined, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, gamer mat. Uh, we've still got, I think, another week. So go back and check out our top 10 games we're most thankful for, and you'll find out how to enter to win. Probably the coolest giveaway we have done all year, quite quite frankly. And also, not for nothing, I would say our top 10 games we're thankful for that we did just in time for Thanksgiving. It means a lot to me. I know it does to you as well.
Yeah, one of uh, you know we one of the best episodes of the R and R show. I, I say that with all humbleness. I mean, it, it meant a lot to uh, share stories about these games yeah. and how much they they meant. Folks, seriously, go watch that episode if you haven't already. You still have a chance to win the contest, but also have a box of uh, tissues ready as well. <laughs> you may be surprised at some of the things we talked. About. Yep, as it says down there at the bottom of the screen, folks, you can find all the episodes of R and R at rnr.rado.com and exit. It's not too late to enter to win the coolest game bag and the coolest or the coolest game mat you've ever seen. And that is it, Ruel. We are done. Although no, we're not. Uh, for folks who are just watching this as a standalone video, did you know there is an extended version of this video where we did all kinds of extra game rankings and we did some pop culture stuff. Uh, we finally decided once and for all Superman versus Batman and a bunch of other things besides. But also, we recorded a continuation of lists. We each have five more games that are hidden gems falling under the radar. We're about to continue that extended edition. And if you want to check that out, uh, links down in the show notes or go hit that eye on the top right corner screen to check out the extended version of this and you'll find out about ten more hidden gems. But otherwise, well, I am done. Are you ready to go, sir? Let's go. All right, then. Thank you, everybody, uh, as always, for watching the show. Thanks to all the regulars uh, whose uh, viewership and sponsorship helped make this bonus episode available. Have a nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye